0: Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. Welcome. You will recall from just about any Christmas season and the teachings around that, that the word Emmanuel is a name right? It means God with us. We see it in Genesis 1 and 2, God with us. And we see God with us in Revelation 21 and 22. That's that's from front to back. And we learn in the New Testament that the New Covenant is that salvation includes union with Christ and an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, God with us. So my friends, if there is a meditation or a theme for today, it's that God wants to be with you. Welcome to today's part of our journey together through the Bible. I'm so glad you're with me and uh, I'm so glad to be with you. Kind of back among the land of the living, almost. You can probably hear it in my voice. But here we read through every bit of the big story and uh, consider our own life and work stories in light of that together. Including perhaps the biggest decision of your life. What will you do with Jesus. What will you do with God's offer of grace? Now as you're going to hear in our New Testament reading today, in Simeon's words, we see the universal scope of the gospel. Now in Jesus, God's plan from the beginning of creation is being accomplished, the spreading of his grace to all the earth to Jew and Gentile. Yet this gospel, which corporately unites all people together also, Mm -hmm. divides all people at the level of the heart. And it's important to remember, because Jesus is God himself in the flesh, to face the gospel of Jesus is to face God. And to face God is to have our thoughts and hearts opened and revealed. And this will result in a fall for any who are proud or opposed to Jesus. As you'll hear today, But for those like Simeon who see Jesus and respond to him with hope, well, there's good news. Luke, picking up in chapter 2, at verse 21. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel when he was conceived. And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord when it says, Every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. And they did so to offer a sacrifice, according to what is stated in the law of the Lord when it says, A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, "'Now, Master,' You can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. Jesus' father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was a widow For 84 years, she did not leave the temple, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. Now every year, his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival, and after those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents didn't know it. Assuming he was in the traveling party, they went a day's journey. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, "'Son, why have you treated us like this?' Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and, catch this friends, and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. And that wraps us up through uh, the end of Luke chapter 2. So my friends, I hope you see that this story invites us to see Jesus rightly and receive him at the level of the heart as, of course, Savior and Lord. Um... And I hope, I hope it means that you recognize that you just can't hold back, right? We need to hold back nothing because God sees and knows all things anyway, (laughs) even what's in our hearts, which makes it even crazier to think, oh, God wants to be with you. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, he wants to be with you. I look at my own heart and go, oh, he wants to be with me. <laughs> well, turning to our Old Testament segment, uh, you will recall that nearly 20 years after the Israelites returned from Babylonian exile in the time of Cyrus, this is about 583 BC, discouragement dogged them, and it replaced their earlier enthusiasm, right? We're, oh, we're going back to rebuild the temple, and oh, yeah, no, and they faced some opposition. Now, the foundation of the temple had been laid shortly after the initial return in 536 B.C., but powerful opposition had prevented any further progress on rebuilding the temple. So, God sends a couple prophets to both call people to righteousness and to encourage their hearts. Zechariah's visions that we heard yesterday and that we'll hear more of today apparently worked because work on the temple had resumed Now, the big question facing the generation of the Restoration was whether or not they would return to faith in the Lord or repeat the sins of their fathers. We pick up in Zechariah chapter 5 with the sixth vision, Flying Scroll. I looked up again and saw a flying scroll. What do you see? he asked me. I see a flying scroll, I replied. 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. And he said to me, This is the curse that is going out over the whole land, for everyone who is a thief, contrary to what is written on one side, has gone unpunished, and everyone who swears falsely, contrary to what is written on the other side, has gone unpunished. I will send it out. This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. And it will enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name, it will stay inside his house and destroy it along with its timbers and stones. Seventh vision Woman in a basket. Then the angel who was speaking with me came forward and told me, Look up and see what this is that is approaching. So I asked, What is it? He responded, It's a measuring basket that is approaching. And he continued, This is their iniquity in all the land. Then a lead cover was lifted, and there was a woman sitting inside the basket. He said, This is wickedness. He shoved her down into the basket and pushed the lead weight cover over its opening. Then I looked up and saw two women approaching with the wind in their wings. Their wings were like those of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between earth and sky. So I asked the angel who was speaking with me, Where are they taking the basket? To build a shrine for it in the land of Shinar, he told me. When that is ready, the basket will be placed there on its pedestal. Eighth Vision Four Chariots Then I looked up again and saw four chariots coming from between two mountains. The mountains were made of bronze The first chariot had chestnut horses, the second chariot black horses, the third chariot white horses, and the fourth chariot dappled horses, all strong horses. So I inquired of the angel who was speaking with me, What are these, my lord? The angel told me, These are the four spirits of heaven going out after presenting themselves to the lord of the whole earth. The one with the black horses is going to the land of the north. The white horses are going after them, but the dappled horses are going to the land of the south. Now, as the strong horses went out, they wanted to go patrol the whole earth. And the Lord said, go patrol the whole earth. So they patrolled the whole earth. Then he summoned me saying, see, those going to the land of the north have pacified my spirit in the northern land. All right, friends, notice this little uh, next change in tone. This next section is crowning of the branch. And that is, yes, capital B, branch. The word of the Lord came to me. Take an offering from the exiles, from Heldai, Tobijah, and Jediah, who have arrived from Babylon, and go that same day to the house of Josiah, son of Zephaniah, take silver and gold, make a crown, and place it on the head of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. You are to tell him, this is what the Lord of armies says. Here is a man whose name is Branch. He will branch out from this place and build the Lord's temple. Yes, he will build the Lord's temple. He will bear royal splendor and will sit on his throne and rule. There will be a priest on his throne, and there will be peaceful counsel between the two of them. The crown will reside in the Lord's temple as a memorial to Heldai, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen, son of Zephaniah. People who are far off will come and build the Lord's temple, and you will know that the Lord of armies has sent me to you. This will happen when you fully obey the Lord your God. Pause. My friends, I just want to point something out there. I hope you caught it. I know it's not always easy, and I don't always pause like this in between. Well, sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. The oracle that we just heard spans both contemporary and future fulfillment of God's purposes, right? The passage's ambiguity regarding the number of crowns and the number of thrones is due to the need for both Zerubbabel and Joshua to foreshadow the Messiah who would be both king and priest, right? Remember in ancient Israel, Uh, King and priest were separated, and yet this refers to harmony between the two, and of course is a major part of why we see Jesus as prophet, priest, king. He he comes together and fulfills all of that, saw a whole lot of that in the book of Hebrews. Continuing, chapter 7, disobedience and fasting. In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, which is Chislev. Now the people of Bethel had sent Sherezer, Regim, and their men to plead for the Lord's favor by asking the priests who were at the house of the Lord of armies, as well as the prophets, asking, Should we mourn and fast in the fifth month, as we have done these many years? Then the word of the Lord came to me, Ask all the people of the land and the priests, When you fasted and lamented in the fifth and seventh months, for these seventy years, Did you really fast for me? When you eat and drink, don't you eat and drink simply for yourselves? Aren't these the words that the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and secure along with its surrounding cities and when the southern region and the Judean foothills were inhabited? The word of the Lord came to Zechariah. The Lord of armies says this, Make fair decisions. Show faithful love and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the resident alien or the poor. And do not plot evil in your hearts against one another. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder. They closed their ears so they could not hear. They made their hearts like a rock so as to not obey the law or the words that the Lord of Armies had sent by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. Therefore intense anger came from the Lord of Armies, just as He had called and they would not listen. So when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord of Armies. I scattered them with a windstorm over all the nations that had not known them, and the land was left desolate behind them with no one coming or going. They turned a pleasant land into a desolation. Obedience and feasting. And friends, notice in this last chunk of our Old Testament segment today, our theme, God wants to be with you. This is, you know, five, six hundred years before Jesus, and the Old Testament is really clear. It's really important. The word of the Lord of armies came to me. The Lord of Armies says this, I am extremely jealous for Zion. I am jealous for her with great wrath. The Lord says this, I will return to Zion and live in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city. The mountain of the Lord of Armies will be called the holy mountain. The Lord of Armies says this, Old men and women will again sit along the streets of Jerusalem, each with a staff in hand because of advanced age. The streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls playing in them. The Lord of Armies says this, Though it may seem impossible to the remnant of this people in those days, should it also seem impossible to me? This is the Lord's declaration. The Lord of Armies says this, I will save my people from the land of the east and the land of the west. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be their faithful and righteous God. The Lord of Armies says this, Let your hands be strong, you who now hear these words that the prophets spoke when the foundations were laid for the rebuilding of the temple, the house of the Lord of Armies. For prior to those days neither people nor animals had wages. There was no safety from the enemy for anyone who came or went. For I turned everyone against his neighbor. But now I will not treat the remnant of this people as in the former days. This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. For they will sow in peace. The vine will yield its fruit, the land will yield its produce, and the skies will yield their dew. I will give the remnant of this people all these things as an inheritance. As you have been a curse among the nations, house of Judah and house of Israel, so I will save you and you will be a blessing. Don't be afraid. Let your hands be strong. For the Lord of armies says this, as I resolved to treat you badly when your ancestors provoked me to anger, and I did not relent, says the Lord of Armies. So I have resolved again in these days to do what is good to Jerusalem and the house of Judah. Don't be afraid. These are the things you must do. Speak truth to one another. Make true and sound decisions within your city gates. Do not plot evil in your hearts against your neighbor. And do not love perjury, for I hate all this. This is the Lord's declaration. And the word of the Lord of armies came to me. The Lord of armies says this, The fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth, the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth will become times of joy, gladness, and cheerful festivals for the house of Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. The Lord of Armies says this, Peoples will come, the residents of many cities. The residents of one city will go to another saying, Let's go at once to plead for the Lord's favor and to seek the Lord of Armies. I'm also going. Many peoples and strong nations will come to seek the Lord of Armies in Jerusalem and to plead for the Lord's favor. The Lord of Armies says this, In those days, Ten men from nations of every language will grab a robe of a Jewish man tightly, urging, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And my friends, that's about all my voice can take today, and we're at time. Lord God, I pray that my voice, there's nothing about me. Here, Lord, that will be a distraction to the power of your spirit-inspired words. Lord, we want to take seriously the fact that you want to be with us. And Lord, we realize, that we realize that we need your grace. Lord, thank you for sending your son, the branch, the prophet, priest, king. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for meeting us where we're at even if you're not content to leave us where you're at, where we're at, Lord, help us to grow. Help us to love you and others. In Jesus' name, amen.